0: Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Well, it's actually after you all look a lot more thankful, (laughs) whatever that means. But it's great to see you Uh, today. uh, We're going to be talking not about Thanksgiving, but I believe it's going to help you uh, have a better Thanksgiving or have a more thankful outlook on life. And as you can tell, uh, today we're looking at, you know, why the monster and all that. We've been doing a series, and we're right smack in the middle of this series, called It Came From Within. And uh, today we're going to be looking at a a, a different aspect of our heart, because we're we're talking about the heart, and not your physical heart, but actually that place where you love, and you know, the first time you were in love, you know, you had that, it, it was more than an emotion, it was more than a thought, I mean, it was like, whoa, I'm in love. What was that? Where did that come from? Or when, when she or he broke up with you, uh, you know, that, that place or that thing that broke in half, what was that? that, that that's your heart, and that's what we're talking about uh, in this whole series. And it's the place that, that drives our lives. And today we're going to be talking about the, the specific thing that hideous thing. That hideous thing. And it's one of those monsters. We're looking at four particular areas uh, in, in in this study, and it's it's the place that Jesus talked about it in in Matthew chapter fifteen. He said this: "But the things that come out of the mouth are from the heart. Even those things where you go, oop, I shouldn't have said that. Where did that come from?" You know that thing you wish you had said and said? Jesus would say, that came straight from your heart. came right out of your heart. And Jesus went on to say in the very next verse, he said, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. All these things Jesus talked about, they come from where? Right inside. Inside of your heart. And so, you know, all of our lives as a child, we learned... How to monitor our behavior. We learned what to say, what not to say, how to get a date, how to how to repair, you know, if the date didn't go well, how to make that right. And, you know, we learned how to get a job. We learned how to do an interview. Uh, you know, if it didn't go well, we learned how to get another job. We learned how to get married, how to get engaged. If that marriage didn't go well, we learned how to repair and get another marriage, etc., etc. We, we learned a lot of things. On how to modify our behavior. But in this what Jesus is saying. And Solomon. The two of them came together. The wisest man and the son of God. Said this. That our heart. Is a big deal. But what we do is we modify our behavior. And we develop these filters. And these filters are what we use to kind of. To monitor ourselves, to say the right thing, to come across the right way. But every now and then, those filters, they break. Wow. Particularly in the family dynamic, those filters get real thin. You know, as Robert show eloquently shared, all the good, bad, and the ugly in 26 years of marriage. That's the reality for all of us. And what Jesus and Solomon are saying, it's not enough for you to modify your behavior. You've got to go deeper. And that's where God wants to help us. And nobody's taught us this. And this is what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And we looked at this the last couple of weeks. This is kind of like our, our key verse. Solomon talked about a lot of things. He gave a lot of advice, but he said in this verse, above all else, meaning, hey, everything else that i said is good, but this is most important. Look what he said, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. You know, you lead from your heart, you live from your heart, you work from your heart, you have relationships from your heart. It's basically the springboard. It's from where everything comes from. You live from your heart. And the truth is, no one has properly taught us how to monitor our hearts. All our lives we get, ta- we get taught how to behave, but we don't get taught how to deal with what's on the inside. And so that's what this series is, is, out, is all about. It is our greatest need in our lives. And uh, as we've talked about, you know, we saw the, 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 uh, the, the monster, you know, and that's what happens to us sometimes. We say and we do things that we are very out of character for us. But guess where that came from? From inside of us. That, that's the honest. And last week we talked about guilt and just a quick review. If you didn't get to hear last week, it's a great, great lesson on uh, not because I did it, but because it's, it's a good lesson. Uh, guilt says this. It's sales, says I owe you if I hurt you, if I steal from you, if I offend you, I owe you. And the only way that I'm going to make that right with you is if I pay you back or you forgive me. And if that doesn't happen, I carry guilt. The rest of my life with me into other relationships and guilt is a big deal. It ruins people from the inside out. And so that's what we talked about last week and the the solution to guilt. How do I resolve guilt? How do I slay the monster? We talked about this last week, the, the habit of confession, the habit of confession will expose guilt and kill guilt It will undo guilt. It will slay the monster. And getting open. We talked about that. And you know, when you get open, sometimes people are like, you know, if I get open, it's going to complicate my life. And we talked about this last week. Confession doesn't complicate your life. Sin causes complications in your life. All you're doing is undoing what you already did. See, is what you did is what caused the problem. Confession is just trying to unravel it. Confession is just dealing with it so that you can get a solution to it. So that was last week, and we covered that. But this week we're going to talk about something a little more hideous. The hideous thing. We're going to talk about jealousy. Jealousy. You know, here's the, here's the truth about jealousy. It's not as obvious as guilt. You know, and people don't like to admit the fact that they're jealous, right? You know, when we think about jealousy, we think, yeah, that was something with that, that I dealt with when I was like five, or when I was eight. You know, I dealt with jealousy because, you know, my friend, his mom gave him a car or a truck that I wish I had, and so I was jealous. But we don't really like to talk about, you know, today and now, because it's immature, you know, if I were to tell you today that, uh, you know, I'm jealous, you know what you would say to me? Grow up. What's wrong with you? Jealous? That's so immature. You know, and that's kind of the way we, we look at it. We find it hard to admit that we struggle with jealousy. And, you know, the, the thing, um, once you're out of high school, it, it, it seems so immature. But most of us. And I'm going to say probably everybody in this room at one time or another has dealt with jealousy in some form or another. We just don't know it. We're not aware of it. But I'm sure today after we get done with the lesson, you'll be aware as I was aware uh, in, in preparing this lesson. So let's start off with a prayer and then we're going to dive right into that hideous thing. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be here today, Uh, and thank you that you teach us how to manage our hearts, and we ask you, God, to, to use the lesson today, use your word to really help us, God, to free ourselves from those ugly things that hurt us, that hurt our relationships, and most of all hurt our relationship with you. God, we love you. We need you today. And I pray you'll fill us with your spirit. Be with our friends that are visiting with us, God. Help them to feel welcome. Help them to feel ministered to by you and loved by you through the lesson today. We love you. Thank you. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, so let's dive right in. You know, jealousy and envy are cousins. They're real close. In the Bible, they're they're listed separately, but they're really, really close. They're they're like cousins. They're related. And, And, you know, in this, the truth is all of us deal with this issue of jealousy and envy at some level. And, you know, people would say, I'm not sure why. This is how it comes out, jealousy and envy. I'm not sure why, but I don't like you. I really can 't say why it's just i don 't like you, you know there's something about you, or there's something about her. I just don 't like her i don 't like that person you know and and we say things uh like you know he 's too nice, too nice, yeah, he's too nice, seems plastic i don 't like him don 't like to be around him, but reality is. The closer you get to those people, the less you like them. Another one is, you know, you say, uh, I just don't like her. She, she's too pretty. Too pretty. Yeah, you know, she's just plastic. Barbie doll. You know, she's just fake. I don't like her. She's just, ugh. I don't want to be around her. You know, when you, you dig that stuff out, what do you see? When you go down deeper, what do you see in your heart? with those people. You know, because it's so insidious and ugly, we don't deal with it. We don't get honest. We don't get open about it. You know, but I, I wanna I want to encourage you to to be honest today. Particularly with those people that reflect back on you the fact you don't like them for one reason or another. And here's here's the cover up. We talked about it a little bit. He's just too nice, or she's too pretty, or... You know, here's another one that we use a lot. If I had that much money, I sure wouldn't spend it that way. Or I sure wouldn't buy that. What are you saying with that? You know, and with an attitude like that, you probably won't get a lot much more money than what you already have. You know, but what are you saying when you say, you know, those kinds of things, those... Those critical, undercutting things. Where people live. The car they drive. What they wear. Their their position in life where their kids go to school. All those different things that expose something. You know, in our hearts. And what's that say about us? What's that say about what's inside of you? And this is the cover-up. And we go through life, well, I just don't like them. Why? What, what's really the issue? And a reflection. These people that we don't like, they're a reflection about us. It's a reflection of something that we don't have and we wish we had it. We make them out to be the problem instead of realizing where the problem lies. The reality is this is an opportunity to see ourselves in the mirror and look at ourselves and see, hey, who are you and what's wrong with you? You know, and and we we want to play the fairness card. Well, it's not fair. And I got to get honest here. I am teaching. But, you know, I had to do some reflecting myself. Probably where I saw this the most evident is when we moved here about seven years ago and got involved in, you know, uh, community sports. And you know how community sports is all about who you know and how long you've been in the community, who gets on the all-star team and this, and who gets to start and who gets to play and who doesn't? And you see inequity, You see an unfairness. And I remember seeing, and, and, and like no other time in my heart, I remember seeing that ugly, ugliness and sliminess in my heart where I'd say, man, how come he gets? How come his son gets? How come his daughter or they... You know, And it's not fair. It's not fair in Little League. It's not fair in Soccer League. It's not fair here. It's not fair there. And you see it. And you kind of act nice with those people. Who, you know, good to see you. But in your heart you say, man, I wish you would die. And I wish... Where did that come from? Jesus would say, from your heart. Right? Straight from the gutter. Said, but that's so unlike me. I'm not like that. I'm a Christian. I don't think that way. I'm not, I'm not ugly like that. Or, you know, you guys in school, you know, you, you don't deal with this, I'm sure. College, you don't deal with this. You know, people in college. Never, right? Gabe's shaking his head. Oh, yeah. And you're just walking. You've never met the person before in your life. And you just look them up and down and you're like, man. Who does he think she is? Who does she think she is? She thinks she's like, you know, somebody from Hollywood or something. Like, Whoa. What's that? You know, and and we distance ourselves from people. We can't be friends with people because they have something we don't. And we play the fairness cards. Well, it's not fair. You know my husband's worked so hard and he's worked harder than him and, you know, we can't get ahead. We skimped and saved and, and we're always in dad and I don't know why and, you know, why our kids can't get the same breaks that those kids get and, you know, they've, get, they've got it and we don't. It's not fair. Right? How come I didn't get into that class and she did? Or how come I didn't get that teacher and he did? Et cetera, et cetera. Do you want fair? Is that really what you want? You want fair? The reality is, if all of us, if all of us wanted fair, do you know what would happen overnight? I don't think we want fair. Worldwide fair. Because worldwide fair would mean 8x8 eight eight room, and a whole family would live in that 8x8 eight eight room. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, your car, you don't get one. That's only the top 8% of the world, so we've got to evenly distribute those. We get rid of all the cars, and we all take public transportation. Oh, and eating out, no, you can't do that either. I mean, we would all take a huge step backwards if we wanted fair, Even distribution of wealth, talent, gifts, health. Oh, yeah, you probably have some health problems. Like the majority of the world. You want fair? No, I don't think you want fair. Because we'd all have to take a huge step back. The truth of the matter is, I don't want fair. I want more. That's the reality. I don't want fair. I want more. In fact, I want what you have. That's what I want. Or maybe a little more than what you have. Right? Then we're talking fair. That's fair to me. Isn't that fair to you? Probably not. But what really is the problem? Is fairness the problem? Is that going to fix it for us? You know, more won't fix it. You know why? And we've seen this. You've seen this. People who have more, a lot more than you, they still got a bad attitude. Have you seen those multi-million-dollar people? You know, they every once in a while they're on TV. You go, man, if I had that much, I wouldn't have any problems at all. I'd be so happy. Really? They're not happy because there's a problem. And what's the problem? Their heart. Their heart. They got jealousy. And if I get more, guess what happens? They're still the next person. You know, I got more than you. What about them? Well, I got to have what they have. Then when I get what you have, what about them? Oh, well, I got to have what you have. And it never stops. It never ends until you fix the problem. And the problem is your heart. Because jealousy is, envy is a heart issue. It's a hard issue. If you get more, then it shifts to other people or other situations. And the truth of the matter is, there's always a bigger fish out there. Isn't there? Now that you got the eight-cylinder, right? You want the eight-cylinder with leather. And once you get the eight-cylinder with leather, you want the eight-cylinder with automatic everything. Right? And it never stops. In our world, and this is huge, in our world, we think it's a people problem. Well, all those rich people, they're the problem. And we, get, we hear this a lot in our society. Well, it's them. It's them. Or it's the athletes, those professional athletes. They got all this money. They're the problem. Really. And we can, there's a lot of categories. So we categorize people. We think that those people, those categories are the problem. Guess what? They're not the problem. In fact, they are a reflection. The dilemma is this. I think you're my problem. 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 problem. What you have that I don't have is my problem. And the truth is, there's nothing you can do to solve my problem. Nothing you can do to solve my problem. In fact, you, you got what you got, right? But there is something you can do to make me feel a little bit better about me. And, and we blame others for what we have in our hearts. Jealousy and envy. But here's the thing. There's one thing that you can do to help me with my problem. And it actually magnifies the problem. Any idea? What makes a jealous person feel better? Any idea? Go ahead, you can shout it out. What What would make me feel better if I'm jealous of you? You fail. Oh man, you you failed. I'm so I'm so sorry. So sorry about that. That, that really hurts. I, I guess you and I could be friends now. You mean he wrecked that car? Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened. Mm, it's so bad. You mean, you mean their kids didn't get into that private school? Mmm, that's terrible. You know, and and here's a good one. Did you see her at the beach this past summer? She didn't quite look as good as she did last year. I feel better about me. I'm having a good day. Isn't that ugly? But let's get honest. We're friends here, right, today? Let's be honest. We've all got it, right? The question is, are we dealing with it? Are we managing it? Are we taking care of what's inside? And Nobody will admit it. You'll never say it. You'll never, ever say it. You'll never celebrate somebody else's failure on the outside. Boo, on the inside, you're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And, you know, it's a, it's a sad thing, but right now I want to do an illustration. So I'm going to ask Mike Mead if he can help me out. I need to know if there's anybody here that needs a $50 iTunes card. Raise your hand if you need a, a $50 iTunes. It's okay. Raise your hand if you need... if you Look at all these people now that... If you want, you know, if you have one of those devices, Mike, could you go ahead and pick three people for me? If you need an iTunes, a $50, yes, we're going to give away a $50 iTunes card. Yeah, when he calls you up, come on up. Okay, come on up. Man. Look at all these people that want, just stand stand right here. Stand, stand right there, Nick. Good to see you. That's great. You can stand, you stand right next to Nick. Yeah, yeah. You know, man, what, what a church. They give away $50 iTunes cards. You know, they don't open the Bible, but they give away iTunes cards. Man, I love this church. You got, you got picked? You do? All right. So here's the deal with you three people. Thanks, Mike. He he chose them, so no feelings. Okay. Uh, I got I got three gifts here for you guys. Now, not everybody's going to get the iTunes card. Okay. Not everybody's going to get it. So. Uh, Mike, here's a gift for you. Thank you. You go, you go ahead and open that. See what you got? Jacqueline, here you go. Here's one for you. What'd you get? Just like I said. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's got some credit on it, too. I, I said I was going to get, what, what did you get? You go ahead and open yours? You, you got to wait, okay? You got, you got to wait. Starbucks. Starbucks card, okay? Any, any idea, any idea what's? It, it's not a fifty fifty-dollar iTunes card, but something. And here's your gift. No, no, keep keep it out. Keep your your gifts out, please. This is important. Now, now this is important for all of us. This is the real world. Okay? This right here is an illustration of the real world. Okay, now, take me out of the picture. How do they manage this? How do you feel that he got the card and... You didn't. You're okay with that, because you got a Starbucks card, right? I, I, at least I got something, right? Okay. Now, now, Mike over here, he's feeling that God has blessed me. Okay. He has blessed my life because I, I got the card. It's not even Christmas yet. And. Nick got an apple. Okay, take me out of the picture. How's Nick going to feel about Mike? Okay, don't don't filter it. Don't filter it. He's going to feel, hey man, there's a $50 iTunes card on the screen and I thought I was going to get one. And I got an apple. Okay? Now, Put me back in the picture. I'm here. Do you feel bad? You feel a little bit. A little bit? But I thought, a I thought you were rock. Okay, that's better than a rock. You know, if we if we'd have given out, if we'd have given out apples, oranges, and grapes, it'd all be good, because everybody got pretty much the same. But a $50 iTunes card. You know, that, that right there is what does it. Okay? That's what does it. Okay, but now, who's the feelings directed at? Put me back in the picture. Do you feel bad about Mike? Or who do you feel bad towards? Yeah. See, because I decided. I decided. I decided who gets what. This is huge. Because a lot of us want to look at who other people got what instead of really looking at the issue. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> you say, well, man, that's not, that's not fair. You know, you should probably give an iTunes card to everybody. I'm not. Because this is life. And the reality of what we're talking about today is huge. Your problem is not with Michael, because he got the card. Your problem is really with who? God. That's who you have feelings towards you have an attitude this is the real issue for us and that's who your issue is when you have jealousy when you dig down guess what you're saying God owes me it's not fair I didn't get I didn't get the body I wanted I didn't get the job I wanted I didn't get the health I wanted You could have prevented that accident from happening. You could have done everything. You could have done this. You could have done that. You could have done the other. It's not fair. My situation is not fair. And this is a hard truth. And whatever they got, God owes me the same thing. And and it's good to get this out in the open. This is huge for you. This, this could change your whole outlook. This could change your relationships if you decide to go down this road. And our problem is with God, we think, and here it is, we think God ripped us off. Go ahead and say it. I feel God ripped me off. I got a raw deal in this life. Just like Nick. You know, when God was packs, passing out gift bags... I got an apple. Somebody else got a $50 gift card. And this is so important for us to get down and, and, and deal with in our, in our hearts. God could have given me a different family. He could have given me different parents. You know, I got these strict parents. I got this strict situation. I'm deprived. I can't do anything with my life. Or I got no parents. I got one parent. I got this situation. I got that situation. I feel like God ripped me off. And I I could have been born in a different city. Why this city? L.A. It's sunny all the time. The weather's always nice. (laughs) And, you know, this this is what we all need to get a grip with. After the Garden of Eden, fairness disappeared from the earth. Fairness was gone. No longer exists. And what God has decided to do is whatever He chooses to do with regard to gifts, talents, and skills. It's His prerogative. It's His choice. And we're going to look at some passages that talk about this really, really clearly. And that back this up. Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. You know, this is an incredible story. The college students and the, and the, and the singles did a study on the book of Daniel. And, and this particular pagan king that's going to give this testimony, the king of Babylon, anybody know his name? Nebuchadnezzar, or Nebu for short. Nebu. He was the wealthiest. He was the most powerful king of that time. In fact, He was so powerful, he was so great, he built a statue to himself. And he thought he was God. And he thought he was everything. And God wanted to teach him a lesson. You're not God. And so God humbled him. After his lesson, this is what he said. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 35, His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He, has done, he does as He pleases with power of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back His hand and say to Him, What have you done? Why did you do that? Why did I get this? Why did my life turn out in this, situa- this situation this way? You can't do that. Because God has decided It's non-negotiable. It is what it is. And this is what this king figured out. And this is a hard reality for some of us to deal with. And even this pagan king, he came to grips with who God is and who he is. And what God has decided will come to pass. Now, there is a correlation. There is a correlation with how hard you work and discipline. But the bottom line is, God has not distributed things evenly. In fact, in the New Testament, let's look at another passage from the Old Testament, First Chronicle. remember the memory verse, the power memory verse from Crown Financial this past year? I thought I'd bring this back out again one more time. I mean, it was the brain squeezer for some of us who memorized. We actually memorized verse 11 and 12. 1 Chronicles. This is the King David talking. Look what King David said. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. And this is it. Wealth and honor come from who? Come from You. And you are the ruler of all things. And your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Where do things come from? God. And this is good for all of us. Because, you know, if you've been blessed in your life and you've done all these things and you've reached this plateau like David did, like Nebuchadnezzar did, you can always reflect and look back and go, well, did I really do all this? No. Michael can't look at the iTunes card and say, hey, I, because I'm so good, because I'm this great person, I got the iTunes card. He's got to say, you know what? I got picked. Randomly. And i got to be grateful. Here's where gratitude can come in. Here's where gratitude can settle into your heart, when you have a proper perspective. Now, I have news for all of us today. The problem is not what you have. The problem is your heart. How many of us have been on a member missionary trip at one time or another to a third world country? Raise your hand. Okay, good good number of us, right? I hope more of you can go. Really do. You know why? Why? And I've been on many, many trips. I've lived there. And when you step into a house or a shack that's a dirt floor, eight by eight, and a family of eight lives there. And you bring clothes and you bring some food and you bring some nice things and they're just overflowing with gratitude, with joy. And then you spend some time with these people. And then you reflect back on your life and they're not as, they're not as mean and they're not as you know, prone to bad attitudes and they're not as, you know, this, this, uh, spirit. They're happy. They're grateful. You come away from those trips and you go, man, they got a lot less than me. And they're happier than I am. They're more grateful than I am. What's wrong with me? And why do I walk around comparing myself to everybody else? I mean, and they know, they look at your clothes, they look at your... your when you go and visit these homes, these, these, these shanty towns and places to serve the poor, and you know, you don't have to go very far. You can drive three and a half hours. We did that a couple of Thanksgivings ago. We drove to, to Mexicali and took a big basket and some clothes and stuff because we wanted to ground ourselves. And we walked into a shack. It was cold. It was wet. The extremes there, it's 140 degrees in the summer. And it's 40 degrees in the winter. Sometimes it gets down to freezing. And you know what they had for walls? Plywood. You know what they had for a roof? Tin. And the lighting was an electrical cord with a light bulb on the end of it. And I got to confess, I was cold in that house, well dressed, and I was cold. It grounded me. What do I got up to complain about? And how is it that these people are happier and more grateful than me? Here's your problem it's your heart. It's your heart. And if they have reason to complain compared to you, do you really have reason? And it's not really about more as we've talked about. More or less is not the problem. The problem is you getting grounded, getting grateful. Like David. You know, he had perspective even though he was very blessed. Even in the New Testament it talks about this. God has given different gifts to each one of us. To use it in different areas of our lives for the common good. You know, that's why there's a difference. Because we can all be different. We can all meet each other's needs. And we can all help each other. But That's the New Testament. It's not the same for everybody. And when we look at people and we feel funny about them, why this or why that? We need to come to grips with our problem. You're not my problem. My heart is the problem. And how I feel about what God has given or not given me in my life. So let's, let's bring this around full circle. And if we can get this one, one, one thing right, it can change our relationships with people. It can change our perspective on life. This is huge. It will, it will, it will give us a new lens to look at life through this lens. That you'll never have to look at it with that ugly, slimy spirit. You can put that down and say, I'm going to get a new lens. And it will also help you to purify your heart. And it will help you to have a clean heart of all the dirt and all the junk. And I want to encourage you, if you've got some jealousy issues, I want to encourage you to sit down. And I, I went through this exercise And it was good for me. And I want to encourage you to have the courage to go to God in prayer and say these words God, I think you ripped me off. Whoa. You sure God can handle that? Yeah, He can handle that. But what if He strikes me dead? Listen, you've already done enough stuff in your life. If, he, if you deserved it, he'd have struck you down a long time ago. Right? But we're, we're dealing with the God of love and mercy. He's wanted you to come to terms with this. In fact, he's orchestrated this time and this place in your life so you can be real. So you can be Honest. So you can get that stuff out of your heart. You know, that's what God wants with you. He doesn't want a fake relationship. No. That's what David had. David complained before God. But you know what that did for him? Got it all out. And then he was grounded and he said, I can't have an attitude with you, God. You've been so good with me. You've blessed me here and there and everywhere. And yeah, i got difficulties, but even your difficulties can, keep, can teach me, can make me stronger, can make me better. I'm blessed. But until you face who you're blaming, almost all of your relationships will be affected by this. And you can't walk around avoiding those people all your life. These exclusive friends, these commiserators—or whatever the word—I'm sorry—where you commiserate with each other, and you're like, you're the you're the you're the disgruntled and unhappy, and we're all going to hang out and we're going to be friends. Man, I want to be a part of your group. No, you don't want that, right? You don't want to be jealous anymore. You don't want to struggle with envy anymore. You want to get that stuff out you want to be whole you want to be new look at this passage first Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 through 7 now if you call yourself a Christian and you got jealousy and you got envy can you do this can you love love is patient love is kind it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not hazily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil. Remember that part we talked about? Yeah, when he wrecked his car. Yeah. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't celebrate the failures of others. But rejoices with the truth. Love always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Here's the deal. If you don't deal with your envy and your jealousy, you can't do this. You can't love. You can't be a Christian. You can't follow Jesus. What was Jesus' commandment? Love one another. I mean, he summed it up in in one law. The law about how we deal with each other down here. Yes, it's love God. That's the first one. Then the second one, how we operate around here. What's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor. You can't do that when you've got jealousy and resentment and envy. I want to encourage you today to be honest. And so let's break it down. These are some, some action items. These are, this is your to-do list for, for this week. Okay? And you can write it down. It's okay to use a little ink from your pen and a little paper. R- write this down. It, this is going to help you. This is going to help your relationships. Number one is face the facts. Just face the facts. All the people that bother us are not our real problem. Well he got more and she got more and why is she better look in and why she's this and why is that and why is the other they're not the problem. What's going on in here is the problem. And take your problem to God. He's been waiting for you to bring it to him and he can handle it. He will help you. He will minister to you. He will help you manage that stuff. And you can lay it down and you can gain perspective. Number two is, you know, some of you are going to maybe need to confess who you are feeling jealous towards. Go to them. Because they're wondering. They're, they're kind of asking the question. You've been treating them unfairly. You've been treating them weird. You know, you've been kind of moody with them. You're like, uh, you know, whatever they do, you're, you're mad. You never compliment them. You're never nice to them. You're always distant. You're always snappy with them. And they're like, what is up with her? What is up with him? And they know you got something. And they know there's something there. It's time that you got open and honest and dealt with that. And it will fix the relationship. And guess what else it will fix? Your heart. And then the last one is this. If you want to fix it, you know, when we talked about guilt last week, we talked about what's the solution to guilt confession right here's the solution to jealousy a practical action to jealousy when you feel funny towards somebody you know what you should do to fix your heart is celebrate their good qualities okay if they got a good idea hey you know that was a great idea that you had or you know you look so nice in that outfit You sang so well. You look so well. You talk so well. Oh, you got a promotion? Applause for you. You say, man, that's fake. No, it's not. Is it true? Then it's not fake. If you're celebrating something good that someone has happened in their life, then you're not being fake. You're actually talking to your heart. You're speaking directly to your heart. I'm finding good things to celebrate. You're taking action on what's going on inside of you. And it will help your relationships. Let's be honest here. Do you want to be this kind of person? Really? Do you want to live your life? And here's the thing about jealousy and envy. You leave it down there in the cave, guess what happens? It grows. In reality, it becomes... And I've, Listen, I've seen relationships destroyed by jealousy and envy. Father-son relationships, mother-daughter relationships, father-daughter, brother-sister, cousins, family, best friends. I've seen so many relationships devastated by this one issue you, got, and I didn't. And I have a hard time with that. And you ruin a relationship over that. Let me tell you, relationships on this planet are a gift. You don't just want to throw them away. You want to treasure relationships and hold on to them. Because you never know how that blessing and how that relationship can turn out for you for good. So, again, face the facts. You may need to confess to somebody. It's going to fix that relationship that's so, so awkward, so, so strained. And then number three, celebrate with people who cause you to be jealous. So, let's, let's finish up before we take communion. Again, I want to ask you to close your eyes. So how are things in your heart? Is there somebody that you have been jealous of or envious with? Have you been covering it up? I want to encourage you to get along with God. Just you and Him. Would you do that? For your heart, for your relationships? And let's look at this last passage for communion. You can open your eyes. You know, all of us, and let's, let's just get real today. I'm up here giving the lesson, but let, let, let's just be honest. We're all in this thing together, right? I've seen it in my heart. You've seen it in your heart. Let's take this lesson as a blessing. And take action. Even the Apostle Paul, one of the most prominent Leaders of the Christian Church in its inception. Look what he said about himself. So I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. And there's, you can read more in this chapter. He talks about I I want to do good, but I don't do good. I don't do the things that I want to do. But look what he says here in verse 24 and 25. What a wretched man I am. When you see yourself as you really are, what do you say? wretched man I am. Who can rescue me from this body of death? Who can do it? Who can fix me? And he says it. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus died for our ugly, sinful heart. And what he is saying with that I believe you can change. I believe you can be different. He died. He suffered to communicate that message to you. To tell you. But you have to do part of the stepping close to Him. You have to be willing to accept His teaching. You have to be willing to take His advice And allow Him to teach you how to have a good, pure heart. As we've been learning last week, this week, next week, and the following week. Jesus wants to help us. It's time to lay it down. As Robert shared. Stop fighting. Stop struggling. Stop straining in your relationships. And start coming to Jesus with a humble heart. I need you. Thanks be to You that You came to fix my heart. I want help. I want a change. I want forgiveness. I want to have a pure heart. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much for today. And I know this this falls on a lot of different areas of people's lives. And I know it's hard to hear, God. Help us to accept and take it to You when we don't live like we should and when we have these ugly feelings. Help us, God. We pray that You'll please uh, help us to appreciate, God, how much Jesus loves us. God, thank You for His death and His resurrection. Thank You, God, that He died for us and He suffered, He was whipped and He was hung on a cross and He was separated from You for us. God, please forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our hearts and help us make those changes. We love you. We need you. Help each one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.